0: Hello there and welcome to More Movies Weekly number 32.
1: Bill's 32. He looks 32.
0: This is the podcast where we like to talk about film, movies, cinema. Are they all the same thing? Are they different things? We'll leave that to you to decide. But we like to talk about them anyway. My name is Greg Fisher. His name is David Roberts. How you doing this week, our Dave? I am fantastic. How are you, sir? Fantastic. All the better for seeing you, my friend. We've got a big (laughs) packed schedule this week, so let's crack straight on with the show. So this week we have been watching a film that was voted for by our pledges on Patreon. This is a film called Train to Busan from 2016. It's a South Korean film. It's a zombie movie, people. Oh, my God. It was directed by Sang-ho Yuan. I hope I said that right. Um, but yeah, this was a crazy, full-on, epic kind of uh, journey from A to B with loads of zombies along the way. Let's see who survives. That's the kind of trip that we're on with this one. Dave, what do you know about this movie? It was interesting because it's one of them films that we've we've perpetually heard
1: about for the last five or six years. Everyone keeps going. Oh, you should check out Train to Busan. You know, always oh, comes up around Halloween time in zombie film. It's yep. really good. Um, so it was, you know, it was cool that it came up really on the on the boat, really on Patreon for us to to watch it. It was kind yeah. of an excuse to go right. Let's let's check it out then. We've been meaning to watch this for a long time. Um, yeah, very different zombie film. It's like Korea's answer to Twenty Eight Days Later, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Um, Also a bit, you know, there's there's the drama in there and the the emotional ties, but also, as I mentioned to you after I'd watched it, it felt very much, uh, at least for the second half of the film, like a disaster film, (laughs) just like, who's getting popped off next? Well, that's Um, the thing.
0: It is a bit of a disaster movie as well as a zombie zombie movie, and I would liken it closer to something like World War Z rather than 28 mm, Days Later. Yes, 28 Days Later, yes. 28 weeks later, yes, why not? It is a disaster movie in the sense that, you know, the world in which the story is happening um, has experienced a, a biochemical leak which has caused a zombie outbreak, basically. It's caused people to turn into zombies, one form or another. And so there's loads of stuff going on all over the country. So they're on this train from A to B. I don't know where they leave, but they're heading to Busan. And there's obviously plenty of places along the way that, you know, as there is on these train journeys, just different stops. Yeah. And they gradually find out and therefore we find out as the audience along the way that, you know, this thing is not just happening locally on the train. It's happening all over the country. So it's kind of like, like you say, it's a disaster movie. It's like goes from bad to worse to absolutely funked up beyond belief as with all of these movies like you know when we talk about disaster movies we're talking really about our one of our favorite ever movies something like the poseidon adventure exactly that's what i was thinking yeah so at the start nothing's wrong everything's okay and we get introduced to the characters the people that we're going to be taking this journey with in this case in particular it's about a father and daughter now uh it seems that they are coming from a broken marriage the mother is in busan the father is, has custody of the daughter, and he lives in, I don't know where they are, Seoul or something like that, maybe. And they've got to travel to uh, Busan to take the daughter to see the mother. That's basically the the thread, isn't it? It is, yeah. And, you know, on the way, on the journey, this outbreak happens. It, ha- it starts to happen to people on the train. And obviously, it's like a a virus, an infection, isn't it? Once you get bit by a zombie, you you turn yourself quite quickly in this case. Mm. Um, I thought this was like of all of the movies in this genre, and that I mean, it's one of the most oversaturated markets of all kind of subgenres of horror. The zombie movie has been done to death, inside out, back to front, every which way but loose. Oh, has everyone,
1: has anyone seen every which way but loose?
0: I mean, the main ones that we uh we tend to get these days are the are the comedy zombie movies like zombie land like um what was that other one we were talking about uh shawn of the dead there's a british version this one is obviously takes itself a little bit more seriously there's there's comedy within the horror mixed in with it but it's not a comedy film is it it's supposed to be quite a serious shit shit your pants zombie movie yeah it's i
1: think it's meant to be um I i don't think it ends up being a shit your pants um I think aesthetically, it feels a lot like those kind of um, more comedy central ones. You know, the zombie lines and stuff. I think aesthetically, yeah. that was the, the look I was getting. Yeah, because it all uh, all
0: happens in daytime as well. It does, you know, which is was...
1: quite the interesting part of it that it's daytime rather than
0: yeah, darker over than people hiding yeah.
1: like in the shadows. They did it all um, out in the open. It's more an action film, isn't it? You know, say it's like a disaster film. It is a disaster film, mm. and it's more an action film. It is really about. That it's not there to go. Oh, be scared! Yeah, it's more about the the um, the action adventure uh, elements of it. The the fighting, the the fighting them off, the disaster elements. The you know the sequences, I guess. Yeah. Rather than oh, someone's invading my house in the middle of the night. Yeah, time. it's kind of. Well, if you think
0: tr- about it, like um, when we mentioned their uh, um, the Poseidon adventure, you meet all the characters and they're on a journey together. So in the Poseidon yeah. adventure, obviously they're on a cruise. Uh, obviously, no zombies on a Poseidon adventure. <laughs> but That'd you know, be a good sequel. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? We could do it on a ship. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, cruise to Busan. <laughs> you know, you've got this like situation where on the Poseidon adventure, they're all stuck in a ship together. And on this, they're stuck in a train. So I thought that yeah. was a really interesting element to it that, the, you know, you know, obviously, there's a few moments where they get off the train and they get back on again or they switch trains or whatever it is. But it is basically taking place, you know, within this confined space is what I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, there's other movies we've seen that take place on a, on a train. You know, something like The Silver Streak. Have you ever seen that with Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor? No, I haven't. That. And that's pretty much the whole movie takes place on a train. Um There are other examples I'm sure we could think of. But um, to put, you know, a load of people inside some tightly confined carriages where there's, you know, a zombie apocalypse happening and the, affect- and the affection is spreading like wildfire throughout the train. I thought it was a really good way to ramp up the tension and, and um, really get you going, you know, because... Uh, it was. Um,
1: and also because it's like they're in isolated carriages, aren't they? So it's like, uh, you know, at one point later in the film... There's the people in the one carriage and then there's multiple carriages full of zombies and then the others are on another carriage. So they've kind of got to get to that other carriage. Yeah. Which much like the uh design in terms of that cabin's flooding, so we need to get through these cabins to get to the next one. Yeah. It's the same kind of idea. It is. You know, uh and that's what I very much thought, you know, with disaster movie, it was like because it is like sequence after sequence, somebody ends up dying, as of always happens. Or of the course. sacrifice or whatever, um, holding them off whilst the rest get through and it's that
0: perpetual That's sequence. that's another trope of these disaster movies, isn't it? We've got a cast yeah. of say, you know, just for uh argument's sake, we've got ten people how many of them are going to be left at the end you know it's just <laughs> <laughs> who's going to get picked off when we know most of these yeah. people are going to die one way or another in some sort of horrible fashion or get in this case get turned into zombies themselves but who's going to get it when how many people are going to survive to the end so yeah i mean subtitled movie obviously it's a korean film um that didn't bother me at all it was it was quite easily easy to follow um it wasn't like as far as I'm concerned, the greatest script in the world. It was kind of, you know, matter of fact. What do you think about that? Yeah, it was. It was just. It is what it
1: is. With, with these kind of things, you kind of expect. Thought, um, sometimes the dialogue was like, "Oh, that's a bit uh, shit." But uh, we discussed this after, straight after watching it. Is it the subtitles um, that is we're it reading? The translation? translation, yeah. Yeah, and and so... It's hard it's to It's hard tell. to know. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So uh, without knowing that, I, I can't really judge it on that. Um, no. But um, apart from that, the, the story was straightforward. I appreciated the fact they didn't linger on exposition. It was like, no. there's a outbreak, there's a thingy, they're on the train, that's it. No, Let's go. more than that, yeah, you know, yeah. getting straight on with it, I liked that. They didn't over-explain things. No. It was straight into the action. Yeah. And off we went... Um, The drama that was there underneath it, the father and daughter relationship and stuff, was actually really well done Mm -hmm. Um, and quite emotional at the end. It got me slightly going, going, you know, there is some moments like that. Mm -hmm. Other moments I was like, I don't really care. Like the gang of kids that are on the train I couldn't give a shit about uh, and stuff. There's a a few characters where you care less about, but that's always the case in these things, I think. You, You know, some you'll go, I like them, and then some you don't. That's... Different people liking different characters, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But they were all,
0: they all did the job, I guess, of
1: the, the characters they were
0: portraying. I think that's um, one of the interesting things about these these films that you get introduced to an array of different people from different you know walks of life, and it is about you know who you are going to invest in in terms of who you care about. Obviously, you're always supposed to care about the the main. Uh, characters, and as we said, there's a father and daughter in this um, where, you know, you're obviously supposed to care about them, especially the little girl. She's innocent. She's done nothing wrong in life. You know, obviously you want her to survive. Her dad is a little bit ambiguous in the sense that you know, the type of job he's got and his attitude and his outlook towards the world, it could be uh, construed as being a little bit selfish, a little bit of a bit of a cold fish in a way. So with him it's kind of different but then you also get um in the supporting cast you get a couple and the wife is pregnant quite heavily pregnant she's you know she's she's showing and the husband's there with her he's kind of a nice guy he's kind of cool you kind of like him you know and he saves quite a lot of people on on the way you know by using his sort of fighting skills or his brute strength or his just his will to sort of save others So he's kind of a good guy. He was played by Ma dong Siok, and he is actually also appearing in The Eternals, which we may talk about in a little while. But um, he's the only guy I could note in there that was, you know, that that as far as I know has broken into sort of Western films as well. But I thought he was excellent in it. I really enjoyed his character. He was good, wasn't he? It was that typical sort of like, yeah, I'm I'm the father to be, you know. I I like to have a little bit of a joke with my wife. She likes to give me a hard time and run me over the coals. But at the end of the day, he's the guy who's saving people. So you've got a character like that, but you've also got a character like you know the the businessman, the older guy that is just ruthless in the sense that he would throw his own mother in front yeah. of the zombies if it just gave him another total bastard <laughs> couple of minutes to, to try and escape he is he is a complete and utter bar steward and I, I, but these films need characters like that because Absolutely. you know that's really the comment on um, humanity isn't it on on the different personality what people types and traits yeah. and what some people will do in terms of to save their own neck so you've got the guy i was talking about who's the dad who will actually risk his own life in in order to save others, even if some of them others really in our minds as an audience aren't worth saving, and then you've got this older guy who's a complete bastard, but he he manages to survive like you know most of the movie, um by you know sacrificing other people, you know those kids you talked about the baseball team, he's throwing them in front of the zombies, he's you know anything that'll buy him a few minutes to smash a window and get out the other side, and uh, he's the kind of guy you just like ah oh, you son of a bitch. But it's it's great for it, isn't it? It's great to have those. I'm sure there were characters like that in these films, like the uh, Poseidon Adventure and stuff. The ones that uh, act completely selfishly to save their own lives, and you think, "You bastard!" Yeah, I thought it was great fun. Uh,
1: you know, it's filled up with action. There's the, the, some elements that are quite cheesy about it. Uh, you know, there's some great visuals when it, when it's physical and practical, and you have got a big crowd of zombies and they're chasing down the stairs and stuff. It looks fantastic and kind of crammed trains and stuff and then sometimes where they've had to use some of the cgi with trains flying over tracks and stuff it gets a little bit ropey um it's obviously not the biggest budget film um but it it does what it's meant to do you know and um, yeah. it's a good popcorn flick isn't it you know
0: it is and i think it's it's commendable in a lot of ways in the sense that everybody who gets turned into a zombie or already is a zombie um their acting was really good. I thought that uh it was a little bit different um than, you know, like you did at the start. This kind of uh there was none of that. <laughs> it was kind they were kind of like contorted and sort of yeah. had sort of sharp um movements and motions and um were quite threatening in that way. This was a film as well that didn't um lean on gore to try and um, get its point across or to sell it. Obviously there's going to be a little bit of blood and uh, biting and stuff like that going on, but they didn't overegg that to the point like Western no. films do where you just complete bloodbath and completely soaked in blood. They didn't need to lean on that because the the peril was there in in different ways and in other ways. And I thought it was, it, it did very well for that. As we've already mentioned, it all takes place in daylight as well. So it's not like they were hiding a lot of stuff in the shadows. Okay, fair enough, maybe some of the special effects were a little bit uh, under par uh, compared to what we're used to, but I still think uh, a damn fine job, another great Korean movie. I mean, if we're looking at Korean cinema and we've got standout films like Old Boy or Parasite and Train to Busan has got to be mentioned within that. Um, collection as well. I think South Korean films are, you know they've got a great uh, track of cinema there and I very much enjoyed this one. It was a thumbs up from me. And it's a thumbs up from me. So there we go three thumbs up in total from us two. So uh, what did you think of Trade to Busan? Please leave us a comment and let us know. Did you think it was a great zombie film like we did? Are you interested in Korean cinema? You know what to do. So tweet of the week this week goes out to somebody who shall remain nameless because we don't want to name and shame people, but we did have a good old laugh about this one. Last week, we released an article, our brief history of film noir, and the lead image on it, we led in with The Third Man, which is like a classic British film noir film, um, and we received this comment on it that said, The Third Man is not a film noir. Uh, (laughs) Where do we get these people from, Dave? I don't know. I it's it's ridiculous. I mean, come on. I it's, mean, like we said, uh, it's a bit like saying Spider-Man is not a comic book movie. Yeah, Star Wars is not science fiction. You know, it's like Romeo and Juliet is not a tragic
1: love story. Yeah, it's like the film that every single person would say this is a film noir you know yeah um, iconic film noir um, noted for its cinematography which is all based on chiaroscuro lighting and
0: i think the uh ar- the argument from this person was as well as the fact that it was a british production and therefore Absolutely. somehow cannot be a uh, proper film noir because apparently only american uh film noirs are proper film noirs absolute nonsense well, considering that the uh, genre is informed by German expressionist cinema, uh, Italian neorealism.
1: Yeah, and um, French beautiful cinema and all that. Yeah,
0: it's uh, absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Oh, hilarious stuff. Can't believe it. But there we go. God bless you, sir. But, you know, what can you do with that? Okay, so in
1: other news, have you seen that they're doing a cereal tie-in for the Scream movie? Uh, this is going to be Strawberries and Scream.
0: Oh, a cereal tie-in! Yes. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like a cereal, like a, a short TV series. You know, like a yeah. mini series. You mean like breakfast cereal? Yeah I, say, yeah. I see. Strawberries and
1: Scream, crispy mallow cereal clusters. Wow. Wow! Wow! Well, this reminds me of all the old serials. Remember they used to
0: do uh, for
1: different different films that we used to love as a kid. It seems like they haven't done this for years, but
0: um, maybe it's just because we're just not kids anymore and we haven't maybe been kids maybe. for years. Maybe they still <laughs> do it. I don't know.
1: Oh, I don't know. We're not kids anymore.
0: I remember but, uh, fighting with my sister over who was going to get the toy out of it.
1: Yeah, that was always the thing. I always just remember the toy being being the the, the key thing of it. But uh, it reminded me of some of the the old ones. Um, some of them I'm too young to remember, but you know, uh, one of the most famous ones was C three which was the Star Wars
0: cereal. Oh, um,
1: right. Which um, I'm sure your sister only have with blue milk.
0: Uh, Turns the milk blue. Very good. But I uh, remember things like you know in the '80s the uh, films like Ghostbusters and. Willow and things like that, getting certain, um, you know, promotional stuff on the cereal packets, usually with Kellogg's because Kellogg's was like the main sort of cereal. But now and again, Laborate. you get things like Wheatabix and stuff, maybe would carry some sort of a- branding or advertising for movies. But it's been a long time. I don't really eat cereal anymore, so I wouldn't know no. what's going on. I'm assuming the Ghostbuster cereal came with
1: marshmallows, and it did it.
0: Well, no, I don't think it was so much that um, they changed the cereal, but like I said, they probably put a toy in it, and they usually had stuff on the back, like maybe you could cut out a mask and make yourself a mask out of the box or something like that. Because that's the thing that I usually remember, the the tie-ins being
1: a toy or a gift or a CD or I think like that's that. because in the UK it's a little bit more... You know, yeah, the Americans have
0: these whole cereal chains. They got Lucky they, yeah. Charms, Cheerios. Really, we didn't really have over here in the in the eighties. It's probably more recent that that you know, in the last twenty years that that's been introduced over here as well. But you know, you can get anything nowadays. Back then, you couldn't. So, uh, like I said, Kellogg's yeah. cereals, Frosties, and Cocoa Pops, and Corn Flakes and stuff all all carried some sort of um, advertising and branding for the films and like i say you get a toy in there or some sort of activities on the back of the packet but as for marshmallows in your cereal we should be That's so disgusting lucky. to me i just stuck with shredded wheat you know <laughs> <laughs> nice and simple no two's quite enough for me thank you with a hundred percent whole wheat nourishment packed into shredded wheat who can eat more than two so, we mentioned it earlier, The Eternals, which also features the actor from Train to Busan. His name is Ma Dong Siok. I think I'm saying that right. He's also in The Eternals. Have you noticed, though, that it's it's had a bit of a pan in this one? It has. It's
1: had a... Um, <clears throat> I mean, not a terrible box office opening, but it's done far less than projected that um, it, it was going to make. Um and you know it's the it's without a doubt the worst reviewed, um, Marvel movie critically. Yeah, again. um, and I think it's had a huge impact on people going to see it. Basically, you know, it's yeah. um, it wasn't a big character anyway. You know, it wasn't a Hulk or a Captain America or something that would draw people in. So I think the word of mouth on um, critically has really hit the the, the ticket sales, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, it seems to have divided people. I've seen that some people have gone to see it, said it was really good, and they very much enjoyed it, and they didn't understand what all the fuss was about. And obviously, on the other side of the fence, people have been panning it, saying it's awful. Um, we did a reaction to the trailer a couple of months ago when that came out, Um I'm a Marvel fan, but only to an extent. I mean, when it comes to the Eternals, I don't really know anything about that side of the franchise or the characters within it. It seemed to me a little bit like, well, now the Avengers is done and dusted. We've got to have some other sort of form of a group of sort of superheroes in one way or another. And it's got all the stars. It's got Angelina Jolie. It's got, you know, the lads from Game of Thrones and all sorts of people in it. But... Uh, yeah, it seems to have fell on its face a little bit, unfortunately. Maybe it's because it's up against Dune, it's up against, you know, James Bond and all that sort of stuff that's come out recently. And it, might, yeah, it, it may have suffered th- for that reason. It, it may pick up a bit on um, home media. Maybe. And I,
1: I think it's definitely impacted it. I think definitely that there's a lot of competition out there at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think Marvel are overreaching uh, a lot recently and they've crammed a lot of releases. In the last few months we've just had Chiang Chi come out and there was the Black yeah. like, Widow film and it's like as we've mentioned before, how many there is is just
0: exhausting,
1: you know. And, yeah, um,
0: this is what we've talked about about they've got to be
1: careful about dilution. Yeah.
0: because um, on top of that there's all the um, the talking of serials. <laughs> there's all the mini series <laughs> as well. You know, you had one division and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and all of that stuff, the Loki uh, miniseries, so yeah. there's a lot of content from them. I haven't seen this yet, I, I still want to, I want to check it out and see what it's all about, make my own mind up about it, but uh, yeah doesn't seem good. It doesn't sound very good, does it? What do you think? Have you watched The Eternals? Or is it any good? Let us know in the comments. Should we be bothering with this or should we just put it on the whenever we get to it pile? Let us know. <laughs> And finally, on the on the plus side of things in the news
1: this week, for the first time since kind of the pandemic hit, really, um, AMC Cinemas, which is the biggest cinema chain in America, um, their stock rose um, quite significantly, about eight percent, um, which is a huge sign of what we have seen. Cinemas are reopening now; big films coming out, Dune, yeah, James Bond stuff like that. Yeah, we've we've been going, and everyone's been, been yeah, we've been um, we've so been back. It's a really healthy sign, really. And it, it's a long journey back, there's no doubt about that, but yeah. um, it's certainly bouncing um, and I think we'll continue to see this now that it come, it'll, eventually you'll get back to the level it was at. Yeah.
0: Well there's been so many films like uh, waiting in the wings <laughs> to get That's released it. And then been waiting for it to be safe again. So you know we've had June, we've had Bond, we've had uh, the French Dispatch. We both saw that was something we were looking forward to. I was a little bit disappointed that I didn't manage to catch the last jewel in the cinemas. Uh, it was gone before we were we were planning to go and see it, and then it was gone. It was took out. Yeah, I think that's something we've seen recently. There's uh, really
1: short windows in the cinema, and they seem to be pulling them very very quickly yeah. um, due to audience not no audience demand and. Other films competing for the spots, and I think monetarily they're just kind of pulling them quite quickly. Which,
0: is yeah, it was a shame. It's a shame not to see that one. Hopefully, we'll catch it on demand in another month or so. But um, there we go. At least people are going back to the theatres and watching these movies on the big screen again. What about you? What's, what's the next one you're planning to go and see on the big screen? Probably for me, I think it'll probably be West Side Story. Definitely. I've definitely got to see that. It's going to be great. <laughs> That just gives us enough time to tell you about what else we've been up to on the web this week. So you can check out our reaction to the trailer for Black Friday, starring Bruce Campbell and Michael Jai White. Um, So if you want to check out our reaction to that trailer, there's a link in the description below or it's here elsewhere on our YouTube channel. We've also got an article up on the website our
1: top five Ingmar Bergman films. Um, of course we do these every so often, the Top 5 Directors Films, there's a whole host of them on the website you can go and check out in the Top 5 section, but this week is
0: Ingmar Bergman. That's right, and we've also had a review for the classic movie, the sci-fi dystopian adventure film starring Michael York, it is Logan's Run, so if you're a fan of that movie, make sure you check out our Filming 5 review for that one. Excellent film, excellent review. Um, Also, if you want to listen to us
1: on the go or you just want to listen to us audio only whilst you're cooking in the kitchen, you can check us out on uh, the usual podcast vendors, Spotify, Apple, all of those. Uh, We'll leave a link
0: to that in the description down below. There's also a link to our Discord server, which we set up last month. So if you Discord as well, come and join us over there. Again, there's the link. Come and say hello. And if you like what we're doing over here on YouTube, then you can
1: support us at buymeacoffee.com. Or you can become a patron over at patreon.com, uh, where you can subscribe, and uh, they've got lots of things going
0: on, including you can vote on what films we watch here on the podcast or in our reviews. Fantastic. And don't forget to join us on social media. That's at more movies for you on all of the major social media platforms, where you can see silly things like the movie of the day. What's up, fam? Today's movie of the day is downfall about that douchebag Hitler. You know, it's the one that they made all those memes about a few years ago. That's my prefer! All right, okay, all right. Chill. So there we go, Dave. There's episode thirty-two all done and dusted and ready to send out there into the internet universe. Um we're off now. Please join us again next week for another more movies weekly. Where we'll be talking about some other movies, what we've been watching, all of our reviews, etc. Dave, any final thoughts? Oh, I'm just gonna go catch this train to Busan. So
1: I'm hurry up, but...
0: yeah. Well, be careful. All right. Take care of yourself. And hopefully, we'll see you next week on another more movies. Well, that's it for this video. Please leave us a comment and let us know what you thought. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe right here on YouTube. To check out more of our articles and reviews, check out our website, moremovies.co.uk. And why not join us on social media? That's at uh, More Movies for you across the board. You know the score. And if you'd like to support us, consider buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com or you can become a More Movies patron over on patreon.com. All the links are in the description below. And to check out more of our filmtastic videos, click one of the buttons on screen now.